morning. Um, I don't know if you guys are um, yes people. Uh, you just have difficulty saying no to things. Well, I'm here because I couldn't say no to something. <laughs> it's now that I wish I did. <laughs> Before I start my talk this morning, I have something to ask of you. Don't worry, there's no need to panic. I'm not going to get you to pray out loud or do anything spiritual. But I would like to give you a challenge. I'd like, to turn, I'd like you to turn to the person next to you, either on your left or your right, and introduce yourself. If you know the person next to you, then pretend you don't. Yeah, don't do it yet. If you know the person next to you, then pretend you don't. And if you don't know the person next to you, then that's great. To make this a, a little harder, I want you to do it without speaking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I want you to do it with 10 words or less. 10 words or less. And in that, I want you to give some information about yourself, which will help them to know you better. Remember, first impressions really count. So think carefully of how you introduce yourself. Has everyone got that? So turn to the person on your left or right. Introduce yourself, 10 words or less. Right, go. I, uh, I didn't think counting to ten was so hard. I, I see people, one, two, three, four. Just, uh, just having ten words is really hard. But, but with them, you may have given your name. You may have given your age. You may have given the job you do, your weight. I, <laughs> Hi, I'm Simon Woodward, and I'm 11 stone. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> You may have mentioned your hair color or the car you drive. Hi, I'm Simon Woodward and I drive a Porsche. Again, I wish. <laughs> I'm going to put it to you that however, though, you introduced yourself, it didn't really tell them who you are. Ooh, that might be deep for this time of a Sunday morning, but please stay with me. You see, your identity, which Leon introduced earlier, is not in your name. It's not in your age, your weight your hair color, the car you drive, the job you do, because every one of them can change. You can change your name by deed poll. A woman changes hers when she gets married. Your age changes every year. Your weight can go up as well as down. You can dye your hair any color you want to, and when you grow old, it gets gray or falls out. A car is often changed every couple of years, and in this day and age, in this day and age, it's almost impossible to have a job for life. But even if you do, you will retire eventually, so that doesn't count. Your identity is not in how you look, how you feel, whether you are married or single, gay or straight, man or woman, black or white, rich or poor, perfect health or ill health divorced or widowed, 
Villa or Baggies? That one might matter, actually. <laughs> now, the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that whilst these have an influence on our lives and can be serious, they don't determine who we are. Our true identity is not found in any of them. The Bible, the Bible puts it like this. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, we are created in God's image. Here, he's not talking about our physical shell, our outer body. It's talking about our inner one, the inner person, our spirit, our soul. Some of the teaching I'm using this morning is from the Freedom in Christ course. How many of you done that here? That's great, that's great. It is an amazing course, and it deals with some of the fundamental things we need to know as followers of Christ. We are halfway through a course at the moment, and the next one will start in January, which isn't that far away. If you've never done it, or it's been longer than 12 months since you last did it, then I'd recommend you, you go for it again. I have the privilege of being part of the team that lead that, along with my wife, Dee. Bernard and Pauline Jones, Brian and Iris McDonald, and Tim and Lisa Jones. Dan Bennett's involved too. And actually there's a running joke that he only turns up for the tea. <laughs> I want to share with you, he does so much more than that. He eats the biscuits as well. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Seriously, yeah, seriously. Dan oversees it all, and he's been so releasing in, in letting the team lead it. So I just want to thank Dan, and, and I hope that I've plugged the next course well enough. To so who are we? What a question, who are we? Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Simon Woodward, and I am a child of God. I'm does count as one word, and that's ten in total. So I think I win the challenge. Um, the world, however, might not agree with that statement I've just made. And just five years ago, I wouldn't have either. For those of you that don't know my story, um, I want to share some of it with you today, just to show how God viewed me and that my identity was always in him. I just didn't realize it. I didn't know it. You see, the Bible says again, in fact, it's Jesus himself that says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The important part of that is you will know. You see, we have to know it in order to act upon it. And this is what holds so many Christians back today. As a teenager, I was introduced to church through my parents. I went along at first because I had to, but then because I wanted to. And I invited Jesus into my heart when I was 11 years of age. Things were great for a couple of years, but then a close friend of mine got cancer and became seriously ill. We fasted and prayed for her healing over many months, but she continued to, to get worse. She passed away at the age of 16. I was 14 at the time and didn't understand why God had let that happen. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know a God that could let that happen, so I went my own way. <laughs> Looking back now, this is where... All my troubles started. I started to play catch-up for the things I'd missed out on whilst I was going to church. The world of alcohol opened up to me, and boy, did I make the most of that. 
women, uh, drugs, martial arts, wrong choice after wrong choice followed. But I was determined I didn't need God. It got to the stage where I even questioned his existence and the relationship I had with him when I was 11 was so far removed. Whatever I did though, during this time never seemed to be enough. I was never satisfied. I was always looking for something more. I had good jobs with responsibility, but that didn't seem to matter. I lived for the weekend and it wasn't for a Sunday to come to church. It was for a Saturday night to get wasted. One failed relationship with two children followed and this led me to drink even more as I now felt a failure as a father. God at this point was a distant memory. I'd done pretty well at messing my life up so far, don't you think? Surely things had to get better, didn't they? Well, the answer to that question is no. If one person was on a mission to, de to destroy his life, then that was me. I got married to a woman who I thought I could be happy with, but it didn't take long for, for that to go wrong. In fact, it ended with her and my best friend cheating on me. This happened at a party where, as usual, I was drunk. I know I totally lost it when I caught them together and the police were called. The next thing I remembered was waking up in a prison cell the following morning at six o'clock. My world had hit rock bottom and that mission was complete. I had totally destroyed my life. It was at this stage that the enemy's voice was louder than ever. Simon, you are a complete failure. You have nothing left to live for. The world is better off without you. The right thing to do is end your miserable life. I want to tell you that I listened to that voice and started to believe it. It became my identity. I had to get out of the area where this incident happened. Uh, my nan lived here in Hales Owen, and at the time it was the only place I, I had to come. I remember my dad collecting me from that police station and bringing me here. The car journey was in total silence. And when we arrived here, he threw my bag out of the car, turned around and drove home. That voice in my head continued to get louder. It continued to shape my identity. Now it was your family are better off without you. I woke up the next morning in a strange house and a different part of the country. I didn't belong here. Something else that voice was telling me. I want to share with you that that voice in my head was real and I'd given into it. I actually believed the world would be better off without Simon Woodward and I decided to, to act on it. I told my nan I was going out for a walk um, but in my head I knew uh, I wouldn't be back. I started to walk into the town centre, into Hales Owen, not really knowing where I was going or how I was going to end my life but it felt it had to be done. I needed peace from the stuff that was going on in my head and what I thought my identity had become. It was then that I noticed was in a graveyard. Funny that. But I was walking through St. John's. I didn't know what I, I don't know why I did it or what I was expecting. But at that moment, I, I cried out to God. I said, God, if you're real, if my experience was real when I was 11, 
please show me again. I really need your help. I kept walking and crying. My mind's still racing, thinking of how to end it all. I wasn't convinced at that time that God was real. But as I walked, I reached the swimming baths and I turned the corner to walk down. It was then that I saw the Zion sign. Before the banner we now have outside, there was a Zion sign at the top of the building. Most of you will remember that. And as soon as I saw that, something changed inside me. The eye was the shape of the cross. And I was drawn to it. I had to come closer. And as I did, to my amazement, there was a service going on inside. I could hear the singing. I wasn't brave enough to come in, but I did walk around the side and there was a door open. The room was empty, so I did venture in. I was actually in the haven, which is directly under here. There were seats in there, so I sat down and I continued to listen to the singing. I now, the singing stopped, sorry, and then I heard someone speak. I now know that it was Leon that spoke, but at the time I didn't. All I heard was a voice. And I want to say what I heard totally changed my life. And I'm probably here only today because of what I heard then. And what I heard was this, God loves you. And no matter what you've done in your life, he cares for you. God hasn't given up on you. And at the start of a new year, it's a new opportunity to put things right with him. To say I was blown away was an understatement. All I heard was a voice, like I said, and it was as if God himself was saying that to me. And what I heard then at that moment carried so much more than the other stuff that was previously in my head. I sat and listened to the rest of the service, and it was as if it was just meant for me. I did, I did go back to my nans that day, and I started to talking. I started talking to God again. And by the following Sunday, I was brave enough to come in. The Sunday after that, I asked to be prayed for and recommitted my life to God. Why have I shared that with you this morning? Well, there's a baptism at the 11 o'clock. And I just love hearing people's testimonies of how God's transformed their life. So I thought I'd get in on the act. No, not really. I've shared that because I now know the truth and the truth has set me free. It was there all along. I just didn't realize it. The significance, the security and acceptance I'd been trying to find by worldly ways didn't measure up. God's love was always available to me, but I didn't believe it. You see, if what you believe does not reflect the truth, then what you feel will not reflect reality. My life before was an example of that. You see, the truth is that God is love. He is for you, not against you. We are no longer sinners condemned to death. God calls us saints, holy ones, seated with him in the heavenlies. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You see, in that we can't be partly old and partly new. God makes us totally new. If you don't know that and believe that, 
then when then what you feel about yourself when the enemy brings up your past will really come back to bite you your past does not affect the future god has for you and you need to make a choice to leave it there and not carry around with you you are a new creation the old has gone the new has come as i was preparing that this week believe it or not i did prepare for this talk <laughs> i put that phrase on facebook facebook you either love it or hate it but i put that comment on facebook and an old friend from my past made a comment on that saying simon how very true i like it and then he inboxed me and saying simon that was great what you said um, I have so much trouble in my life now just reacting badly to what my dad did when I was a child. Have you got any ideas on how I can overcome that? Well, if that wasn't permission for me to share the gospel with him, then I don't know what is. So I did, and we're going to arrange to meet up and continue to, to chat about it. So you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We also need to know that we are not saved by how we behave but how we believe. You see, Christ has done all the hard work. We just have to accept it. It's not what we do that determines who we are. It's who we are that determines what we do. You see, this is our identity in Christ. You can be all that you want to be, and we simply need to be who we are now, and that's children of God. When you know this and accept it, you are free indeed. You see, I once thought that God was distant and didn't care. But in the midst of my toughest time, it was love. Love came down and rescued me. God's love restored me. He wasn't waiting angrily to punish me. He was waiting with arms wide open, ready to welcome me back. You see, the gospel is, about gradually becoming, is not about gradually becoming someone different. It starts with recognizing that we became someone different the moment we accepted Christ. And the gospel, the good news, is for every single person on the planet. My situation, my situation did get worse, which involved a short custodial sentence. But this really didn't matter to me anymore. I knew my identity was deeply rooted in a God that loved me. And God saw my future and not my past. I may have been in a prison, but for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I was totally free. I knew the truth, you see, and the truth had set me free. I have many amazing stories from the time I was in there, from prison guards telling me off for smiling, <laughs> and then saying, seriously, and then saying thank you when they locked me up. And so many stories of sharing like with inmates the new hope that I had and why I was so positive. But the one I remember the most was being asked to pray for a prison guard's son who was going through an extremely difficult time. For me, this proved beyond any doubt where my identity actually was and that Christ was in control. So how do we know living who we are? How do we know it? Well, we need to make a choice to walk in freedom every day. The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 1 that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The battle is often in our mind. And I'm sure that everyone has heard 
those voices. But we are told to renew our mind daily and take every thought captive and submit it, submit it to Christ. I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm living proof it's possible. And it is possible. You see, your identity, the core of who you are, is in Christ. And he has already won the victory. Nothing and no one can prevent you from becoming the person God wants you to be, except you. That's great news, isn't it? Nothing and no one can prevent you from becoming the person God wants you to be, except you. It's, not, it's also not about how much or what you do for Christ. It's in knowing and accepting what Christ has done for you. It's knowing and choosing to believe the truth. And then that is what will set you free. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. And this is living as God intended you to. John, John Ortberg, I can never say his second name right, John Ortberg, an amazing teacher and author, tells a story of a ragdoll that is loved beyond reason by its owner. Over time, the, the ragdoll becomes shabby looking, tatty and worn. But the owner loves that ragdoll as much now as she did the first moment she lays eyes on her. To the owner, the ragdoll was still as beautiful as she ever was. He goes on to explain that we are like ragdolls. We can get worn and tatty, maybe even shabby looking. But he goes on to say we're God's ragdolls and he knows all about our raggedness and he loves us anyhow. Our raggedness is not the most important thing about us. You see, God sees our beauty. There is a wonder about us. There's a wonder about you. Raggedness is not our identity. It's not your identity, nor is it your destiny. God loves us beyond reason. I really feel and know God wants you to know that this morning, to know your identity is in him. And now as I nearly reach the end, I'd like the band to come back and play or just leave. As I do that, I want you to sit and close your eyes. Focus on what God really does say about you. And as you do this, I want to share exactly what he does say. It's written down for you in the Bible. This morning, it's about knowing who you are, choosing who you are, and accepting who you are. Your identity comes from Christ. When one of the truths of God's word that I read resonates with you, stand and claim it, and then we'll head into worship together. For now, though, close your eyes. This is what the Bible says. I am a child of God. John 1 verse 12. I am Christ's friend. John 15 verse 15. I have been justified. Romans 5 verse 1. I am united with the Lord and I am one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. 
I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20. I am a member of Christ's body. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27. I am a saint, a holy one. Ephesians 1 verse 1. I have been adopted as God's child. Ephesians 1 verse 5. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 verse 18. I have been redeemed and forgiven for all of my sins. Colossians 1 verse 14. I am complete in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 10. I am free forever from condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1. I am assured, I am assured that all things work together for good. Romans 8 verse 28. I cannot, I cannot be separated from the love of God. Romans 8 verse 35. I am a citizen of heaven. Philippians 3 verse 20. I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. John 5 verse 18. I am a temple of the living God. I am God's fellow worker. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 2 verse 6. I am God's worksmanship created for good works. Ephesians 2 verse 10. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 3 verse 12. I can find grace and mercy to help me in time of need. Hebrews 4 verse 6. I am hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3 verse 3. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4 verse 13. Now as we accept these words, as we accept the words God speaks over our lives, I want to say that that's where our identity is. Let's accept it. Let's choose it. Let's believe in it. And let's walk in it. And as we do 